Hello, I'm Simit Bose, and this is the Net Hero Podcast. We've got the branding, we've got the hat, we've got the t-shirt. You can get some of those, get in touch with us if you'd like to know it. But what it's about, what is it about? You know what it's about, Net Zero for Business. This podcast is about how businesses can help us transition to being better as a planet. Better business, better planet. We want to hear your views from scientists, from business people, from academics, from politicians, from you, the general public. So if you're interested in how we can try and cut our emissions, tune in, subscribe, join us. Now, on to this week's episode. How do we make ourselves more efficient? This is one of the things that I suppose is one of the cruxes of the net zero journey and probably one that we don't think about as much as we should. We're all into kind of getting EVs, we're all into green power. Businesses are encouraged to, you know, get into putting solar panels off. It's all about generation. But one of the things that we're very, very bad at is saving energy in the first place. Whether it comes to insulation, whether it comes to the way we kind of use materials, or, and this is a really weird one, but perhaps you may have forgotten or may have never heard of, the way the current and the voltage comes into our businesses. There's a science which has led to a technology project which has been around for decades called voltage optimization. Now, many of you may be in the world of business and have already installed this, and many may be thinking, what the hell are you talking about, Sumit? This is really old stuff. It's not technology for the net zero future. Well, today I'm joined by Michael Lambert, from a voltage optimization company called Power Perfector, who's going to tell us why voltage optimization not only is still relevant, but will become more relevant in our net zero future. Michael, hello. Hello, good morning, how are you? Very good, very good. Now, let's start at the beginning. What is, and bear in mind you know how thick I am, what is voltage optimization? What is voltage, first of all? Because people hear about currents and amps and voltage, we kind of all go, yeah, it's all electricity. Explain what voltage is and what a voltage optimizer does. So what voltage is, is it's easiest to think about uh, a water pressure or water hose. So voltage is a pressure of power into, into a business, into a, into a building, which is then consumed by, by the load, which is measured in current, as you just talked about. Therefore, there's a simple calculation, which is where you get to kilowatt hours, and that's, that's called consumption. And kilowatts hours obviously over a year you consume so much power and that's how you build yeah so we fit in that formula basically and by optimizing your voltage from let's let's say uk average is 242 volts by optimizing down to 220 volts in an efficient manner using an efficient product you'll our customers typically see somewhere between five and eight percent consumption reduction when you compare the two years. Why do you get a consumption reduction? Because as you say, the voltage is the pressure. So yeah. we basically got more pressure than we need for most devices. Is that what the problem is? Uh, exactly that. And uh, to your point earlier, um, voltage optimization has been in the UK now for over 20 years. And if you go back 20 years ago, we found um, when we were doing our trials that uh, our sweet spot, if you like, by reducing to 220 volts, all the equipment operates more efficiently, uh, because you're just reducing that that pressure, um, effectively. Why have we got the stuff at 20, 240 if all the stuff like, runs at 2, 220? 
So part of that is down to the network constraints. So for example, if you're uh, a farm out in the middle of nowhere, uh, we've got vault drop across the system. Ah. So ideally you just have the network just turn everything down and happy days. Uh, but the reality is, of course, the, the vault drop over over long periods of, of, of distance could result in that farm now having too less of a voltage supply. So what's happened is, I mean, I assume this is a kind of set thing across the UK. Someone made a decision to say this is the optimum sort of power, the pressure to get everyone enough supply to run things. Yes, it's called European harmonisation and it was back in 1996. And effectively what happened is as part of Europe, we agreed that our power supply should be 230 volts plus 10 percent. In the UK, minus 6%. Europe was minus 10%. So that gets you somewhere between 216 and 253 volts. And, and that's what the network have to provide. Right. Um, but the reality is, of course, our voltage isn't 230 volts plus 10 minus 6. We're already up at 242 volts as an average. Why have we got an issue then in terms of the pressure, as we call it, the, the voltage, making a problem? You said earlier... You know, by reducing the, the, the voltage, by optimising it, machines, electronics run better. Yep. Can you explain why, uh, I don't know, the light I've got here right now, if it's actually running at 240 when it needs 220, why is that a problem for that light device? Why is it a problem for my monitor? So it's not really, as, as I mentioned, the European harmonisation. So what that meant, actually, in reality, was that Manufacturers of electrical equipment that supply to any part of Europe um, and the UK have to enable their product to work from 207 volts to 253 volts. Okay. What we found is that by operating equipment at 220 volts, we see an energy saving from when you operated at 242 volts. And what about the long-term life? Because I get the thing that if you're adding more pressure to a device eventually that's probably making that device work harder than it needs to yes absolutely and and it's really hard to measure as well yeah, and i was going to say the lack of trying um so we've you know we've got anecdotal stories from some of our customers particularly uh, the guys that work in in the maintenance arena uh, i had one uh, hotel uh, maintenance manager tell me that pre-installation he was running around changing um, his LED ballast all the time. Uh -huh. uh, post installation, he's now not changing his LED ballast as much as he was pre installation. But of course, to measure that, yes. So it's it's not it's very difficult to actually quantify directly, isn't it? Ex exactly. Yeah, you'd have to you'd have to know how many LED ballast you'd consumed the year before and how many you'd consumed post installation. And obviously, customers just don't have the sort of time to put um, uh, to give us to. Uh, to work that sort of stuff out. Okay, so we now know what voltage is and we know what devices use and we're probably overpressurized. That makes sense. I think most people can get that. So what does a voltage optimizer do? And what is it? Is it a box? Is it a kind of like a big transformer? Is it huge? Is it small? How does it fit into a business? So the easiest thing to compare it to is a transformer. Right. Everyone sees out on the streets, yep. grey boxes, it converts one voltage. Uh, it's actually a high voltage to a low voltage. A voltage optimizer is a three-phase product and it reduces the voltage from, as we said, let's keep it simple in single-phase terms, 242 volts to 220 volts in the same manner as, as, a, as a transformer. But the, the big difference with voltage optimizers, and you'd expect with the products that are available, is that they're highly efficient 
So ours, for example, is 99.96% efficient across its operating range, um, as opposed to if you go back to those gray boxes, and let's say we used a sort of old style transformer, they weren't designed to be efficient. So depending on how heavily loaded or low loaded they are, depends how efficient they are. Um, as with our product is designed to, to, to maintain that efficiency, irrespective of its load condition. Do these devices, I mean, it's the word that everyone uses, are they smart so that they can ride the current, they ride the voltage that's coming in and go, actually, oh, today it's really high, we'll, we'll knock it down a bit more? Or do they just set and go, right, 242, it's always going to be 220? So really good question. There's, there's two products available in the market. Um, we, we'd refer to it as a, a standard voltage power optimizer. And what that does is, let's say it's 242 volts on the incomer, um, and you set it at 8% to achieve a 220 volts. As the incomer changes, let's say it goes up a volt, yep. uh, the output voltage would go up a volt. So it follows it. Okay. So it maintains at the level, depending on what, where things are? Uh, no, not, not quite. So as, as the input voltage goes up, the output voltage goes up with it and, it and it follows it. But the product that you can then sort of upgrade, if you like, would be to put a controller of the output voltage on. So, for example, uh, we had what we called an automatic voltage controller. We've had that available since, wow, probably about 2004, I think that first came um, uh, came into use. And what that does is it controls the optimizer, optimizes output relative to the input. So um, we've spent uh, quite a lot of uh, time and effort uh, developing a, a newer product, which does exactly what you were talking about there, is we maintain 220 volts. Gotcha of the voltage change so it doesn't matter what's coming in and, and, and it'll keep that 220 in that steadiness yeah 220 volts uh, and it's it's super uh, super precise so it's about half a volt variance if that which is something like 0.000 percent there are several companies doing all this is everyone set at 220 and why did you know the industry choose 220 as the kind of output voltage i suppose from the, the marketplace i've seen most um providers uh, are around the 220 volt mark the reason we've we've used 220 volts is because that's uh, basically that that's where the science took us we right. found if you start reducing less than 220 volts um, in certain applications that is you uh, your kilowatt starts to slope back the opposite way so there's a sort of fine balance and, and like i said we're 220 volts plus or minus a few volts either side is, is where we want to be um, interestingly though um, because people the other markets think about as a domestic market yeah what we find in the domestic market um, and it's not something we provide at the moment is that you can keep reducing that voltage down to the sort of 210 mark and actually you, you start you you achieve more savings um, but in business world and the sort of types of equipment that we operate in the business world compared to home um, again 220 volts is, is where we want to be if we go back 10, which when the first time I heard it was about 15 years ago, when we, pretty much when we started. And it was one of those technologies that people said, oh, yeah, it's quite important because we weren't as efficient in those days. You know, fridges weren't, lights, you know, the people still were using incandescent bulbs, not LED lighting. Uh, computers, everything, doesn't matter what it was. There was always that thing that the products were much dumber, for a word, than they are uh, today. So in that time... Voltage optimization was seen as a good thing because it allowed people to get some energy efficiency. Since then, products have got smarter. Have people said that they don't need 
optimization as much. Have you found that? Absolutely, we have. Yeah, um, and yeah, we've been back to some of our customers from a decade and longer. And we we did a really interesting trial with uh, one of the food retailers, which has opened up, I suppose, the marketplace for us again, where they actually said to us, mm. you know, look, Mike, we've done voltage optimization a decade ago. It's it's done. It's You're yesterday's man, Mike. That's what they were saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's done its thing. It's paid itself back. Yeah. And then, but we just don't believe it adds any value today because yeah. we've got. Uh, you know, energy efficient refridge packs with glass mm. doors on, insulation is much better. Uh, we've got LEDs now, all the energy efficient uh, measures that you'd expect uh, any sort of um, growing business to have. So we said, well, I'll tell you what, why don't we uh, we'll prove that the vaulted optimizer, which you installed over a decade ago, is still adding value. So we did what we, we used, what we um, call a voltage bypass switch. So we could turn the optimization effectively on and off. So we did that over an agreed testing period at, at, at two of their stores, and we saw between five and eight percent. Even with the more efficient products and devices we've got now. Exactly, yeah. And it was this, it was the optimizers that were installed, like I said, over a decade ago. So that's now led on to we did we then did another five store trial uh, with new installations on old uh, doing the same thing and again saw the same results uh, between five and eight percent what did what did the what did your customers say when you said this because it must be difficult because it, you you kind of think you've done it and I get it businesses do capex and they go right we've done that we've put this in we've now got smarter and everyone's being flogged products that are smarter and cheaper yeah. and better efficient so you kind of forget that sort of uh, earlier stage don't you yeah exactly so so the food retailers, um, three of them have now sort of, uh, after the trials and, and demonstrations, uh, are now implementing that across the rest of the estate with the, all the stores that weren't done back in 2007 to 10. Obviously, it's good business for us, and um, they're getting their energy savings at a high level now, when, especially when you consider the energy price as well. Yeah. Definitely, you know, the energy price was, I don't know, probably about 6 7p. And, you know, some of our customers uh, at worst, we've seen paying up to 60 pence per kilowatt hour. So if you can get 1% saving. It's a big one. Yeah, exactly. One of our uh, other customers, I say only, uh, we, we expected them to see a 3% energy saving through optimization. And again, that's because of the load mix and, and their energy efficient measures. But 3% with the energy price that they've got is an attractive no, of course it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and that, that project's progressing. So, yeah, it's brilliant. But 3%, sorry, the point I'm making is 3% a decade ago wouldn't have gone anywhere. It wasn't, it wasn't interesting anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want 15, 20% off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One of the things, before we talk about where its future is, the, the kit, how expensive is it for a business to, to start on this journey if they haven't done it? I mean, and also how disruptive is it? So say you're, a, I don't know, a factory or whatever, and you go, right, we've got machines that are working on a supply chain line. We've got kind of conveyor belts. You've got fridges or whatever. Do they have to go to get you guys to, well, hang on, guys, we're going to have to go right to where the power comes in, stick a big box in. How much disruption is there? Is it very expensive? What's the payback? Because these, these are things that kind of, you know, particularly in this time when people are being offered different ways of energy saving, this might be one of those things that people go, "What well, do I really need to do? Is, it, is there a financial case to do it? Yeah, indeed. So uh, let's talk typically, I suppose. Um, our customers, would, we would expect to, with the energy prices that we've got nowadays, they would see somewhere between an 18-month return on investment 
up to about two and a half years. Again, you go back a decade ago and it was a, can we get a three-year payback because of the energy prices? It's quicker now. Yeah, a damn sight easier to achieve. And disturbance, uh, you know? In terms of interruption, yeah. Um, and actually, this is one of the things that I used to sort of scream about with particularly the maintenance guys, is that actually we, whilst we need a shutdown because the optimizer is installed in series of the main incoming supply and therefore yeah. the load, it's right at the front and the heart of the building, if you like. So it sits where the power's coming into the premises. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Pretty much downstream from your meter. So yes, we do need to do an interruption, but it's typically somewhere between, again, depending on the size of the building, three to six hours is, is what we say to our customers. Yet in some of the food retailers that we're doing, it's less than two. The other thing you can do, of course, is uh, to manage things like refridge packs and things like that, is we can do uh, the installation over, I don't know, an eight-hour period where we're only doing one-hour shutdowns and then an hour back on. So actually, the interruption, whilst everyone sort of takes a deep breath on, oh, you need to turn my power supply off, can easily be managed with, with good project management. You said you've been in it 20-odd years nearly, right? So if you go back, and we've just been discussing, money was the thing. And and I'm not saying money isn't, but the world has changed, and people are looking for a carbon saving as well now in in anything they do, because that's where we're trying to get to, to cut our emissions. So can you explain why a voltage optimizer could save you carbon? And if so, how much carbon, if you've got an example of how much it could do? Yeah, absolutely. So... So if you make a, a kilowatt hour reduction through voltage optimization, so let's just say it saves 5%. Right. There's a conversion factor from BEIS where they say... Oh, De- Desnes as it is now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, I can't keep up. It no, no one can keep call up. <laughs> call it deck again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all that. So let's say this so they've got a conversion factor it says one kilowatt hour equals x amount of co2 it's around 0.2 i think it's 0.18 at the minute Um, and that that gets reviewed at least annually right so therefore let's just say we've saved uh give you a good example of of the tea manufacturer Mm -hmm. that we worked with um we saved them 5.04 percent right to be entirely precise which equated off their energy bill of about two hundred thousand. 215 kilowatt hours right that's converted using that conversion factor i've talked about and that resulted in them therefore saving 38,641 kilograms of co2 or put easily 38 tons over that year so you can now give a person a reason in carbon terms why this technology which many people think is is quite old is still relevant yeah, absolutely. So basically what the team manufacturer said was this, we, we consumed 200,000 kilowatts of power last year. We expect to consume the same amount next year. We've applied a voltage optimization unit. And by doing so, I've saved that year on year, I've saved 38 tonnes of CO2. Where do you see the role of this in our new future? As we get more flexibility, as the grid decentralizes, we are going to have more... I suppose I wouldn't say we're going to have interruptions, but the grid will have to cope with the diversity of where power generation comes from. We're not going to have that big base load anymore. So you're going to have battery storage. You're going to have things like that. Do you think the optimization technology optimizers have a role to play in our more kind of greener grid future? 
Yeah, absolutely they do. Um, and I think both types of product, either the, the controlling optimizer, if you like, the electronic version, or the standard optimizer, uh, both have parts to play. I also think that what we need to unlock is, is how we apply it to the network. That would make it a lot easier. Um, again, we, we've done some R&D work on how you could apply voltage optimization on the domestic load. So rather than installing an optimizer on every single house, yeah. in every single house, why don't we optimize the substation at, at 11,000 volts down to 415, then put your optimizer in. And if you can control that optimizer, um, it, it makes obviously the homeowners all benefit uh, the networks benefit because they not have to dig up or put in. Yeah, we're all consuming in. less power. Yeah. Therefore, they have to dig up that cable now to to replace it. And we did some interesting work with UK Power Networks back in 2018-19 as a part of the um, as an off-gem um, sponsored um, project to reduce uh, capacity on the network. It's just not not gone anywhere, unfortunately. Um, Why do you think that is? Um, I think part of it, if you say so there's an also an electricity standards review that happened in 2020, yeah, it was just pre pandemic. And part of it is there's so many people involved. You've got the transmit, you've got the transmission operators, you've got the network operators, you've got the metering operators. And I suppose getting every getting everyone to agree that actually we could we could run our grid at 220 volts in the right places, not entirely across the entire grid. Yeah. yeah. It's just not going to work back to the farm example I talked about earlier. So it's it's getting everyone to collaborate. Um, one of the network uh, the network guys would say, well, how do we control fault levels? Yes, and, that's the big thing I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. So so you then get into all those technical conversations, and and I suppose for me it just becomes hard work, but it really shouldn't be hard work because we're sitting on an ability to reduce the consumption for the whole of the UK by applying voltage optimization. I know there are other players apart from your company out there. So how big is the voltage optimization market right now? You know, how many kind of business properties would you say that, that, that have got a bit of this kind of kit in across the country? It's relatively across the across the UK. It's it's tidy. Um, tidy, right. Scratch the surface. So we, um, with Power Perfecto, we we've done over 7,000 installations across the UK. So let's assume our, uh, the, the other providers have done similar similar amounts. It's probably about 20 to 30,000 optimizers there in the UK. And we've got hundreds of thousands of substations. I bet. So we must have, well, probably millions uh, of, of premises that we can. Yeah, exactly. Are we behind this curve on this? Are other nations doing this? Or is this just kind of standard across the world? Across the world, we haven't seen anyone that's applied it on the networks that right. we've just talked about. But is there a bigger rollout of these optimizers in certain countries than others? Um, yeah, so our, our product originated um, back in J Japan, which is partly why it's as, as robust as it is, because it was designed for earthquakes. And in, in Japan, Southeast Asia, there's over 180,000 installations. Um, that wow. we're aware of, and obviously uh, the, the other providers. So we're behind the curve in in that regard. But Europe's different. We're about the same, or uh, Europe's slightly different um, in that. Again, our experiences. If we've got a really good distributor out in um, out in France, they see two hundred and thirty volts, and it's really a really good question actually. Because sorry, two hundred and forty volts as their average, and then you go to Poland and Germany where we. We've done some other work and they're at 230 volts. Mm. The difference, therefore, between the two is that the amount of optimization, the quantity, if you like, 
if we're if we're optimizing by eight eight percent in the UK and France, um, Germany and Poland would only have an ability to optimize by four percent. Gotcha. Um, yeah. You'd like to think there's a there's an easy conversion, which there isn't to uh, savings. So half savings, it's not quite as, as simple as that. But let's just say it is for the moment. Therefore, the return on investment is now, uh, you know, fifty percent harder out in Poland and, and other parts of Europe. Is this the problem that you have with optimization? The technology works. It's been around a long time. I could do it tomorrow. All yeah. of that, but. There may be ignorance in the market. I've just shown you that my ignorance on it. And also there's a complexity of kind of where the, everyone's thinking of future tech. It's really hard to try and sell in old tech when everyone goes, what's the next thing that's going to, you know, cut our power? What's the next thing? I'm trying to get to why you think this hasn't gone where it should have done if it's been around this long. Yeah, so, so one of the hardest parts of, voltage optimization and where the skeptics jump in and, and obviously in my job I, I address that quite often i bet you do <laughs> is prove how do you prove the savings yes because it's not like a car right you're you're driving along um you're on a flat road you're consuming 38 mile, miles per gallon then you go uphill and now you're doing 20 miles per gallon and that's a, a little bit like a building isn't it so how do you how do you prove that when your building's at full load, it's saving 8%. And when it's at no load, it's also saving 8%. Correct, yeah. One of the ways that we came up with with the food retailers was to, like I said earlier, to, to switch it on and off. Yeah, but that's not the, the way to try and do it, is it? So it's... Effectively, by switching it on and off, you've then got to buy into the fact that it is saving energy. Yeah. So again, we'll come up with an average that's, like I said, at the, at the tea manufacturer, we had 5.04% as the average, which means that at some point it was only saving 1% and at another point it was saving 9%. It's all to do with the equipment that's on at the time. Um, so that's where the scepticism comes from. Um, and, it, and it's about buying from um, uh, from the customer, really. And again, like I said, we've, we've spent a lot of time, not convincing, that's the wrong word, but demonstrating to our customers why we're seeing the energy savings we're seeing. Or not in some places, because there, are, there is places, let's not forget about that as well. There are loads that shouldn't have voltage optimization. Of course, yeah. So it's not it's not for everyone, this this technology. Correct. Yeah. Do you think it, it could, if we had a wider rollout, it could make a big difference to the carbon? Because what it would do, it would do the efficiency before the efficient products, in a way. Yeah. And that's another part of, I suppose, why not, is that one of the sort of sceptical views I've got is that by reducing, obviously by reducing the, the amount of power the UK consumes through voltage optimization, you've reduced, obviously, all the revenues as well. That, that <laughs> and that, But that's part of the challenge as well, because, of course, the, the network operators and the meter operators, they, they need to make the money to continue all the development. So it's, it, it becomes diff, more difficult. Do you kind of think you're flogging a dead horse or do you think actually you just got to go out there and tell people this is a robust, salient and, uh, you know, future proof technology that actually gives you a good return. You could still do this. It's still worth doing. Or do you think kind of it's really, you know, very small percentage of people still continue to use it and that'll be it? Well, if it's if it's about flogging a dead horse, I've been doing it for nearly twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> you chopped it into pieces and been selling it on. Yeah, I'm still doing it. 
I absolutely believe in uh, voltage optimization. Um, in the, it's, it's got a part to play in the UK and and wider in our net zero journey. Exactly. Um, you know the the new tech that we've spent a lot of time and effort um, developing um, to be a controller is the intelligent bit that that comes that intelligizes if that's even a word <laughs> uh, voltage optimization smarts and smarts it up yeah i get it we looked a few years ago with national grid uh, on a project um where we were looking for it was at the time when they were doing frequency response and yes yeah response which is about speed and we were working out well if you applied an optim if you applied a uh, our new electronic product to all of our optimizers in the uk and you could switch them on and off fast enough you can actually re You've now got control of um, demand side response, if you like. You can get sites to consume more by putting the voltage up, and you can now get sites to consume less by turning the voltage down. If you do that on the UK network, happy days, you've got control of the network at the low voltage point, um, the 415 mark or 230 volt mark, 240, as opposed to at the moment, we've got no control on the LV side. It's all done on the transmission side. So voltage optimization placed right in the right place can can offer you a, a lot of voltage control um, easily. Last thing I want to touch in, new technologies are coming. You know that, right? New batteries, new technologies in terms of the types of batteries and how they'll work. Solid state stuff is coming. Can you see this kind of slightly older tech, let's call it what it is, you know, uh, solid tech of, of an optimizer fitting in with our newer techs that are coming in in the way that we move to more battery storage? Again, yes, absolutely. Um, uh, uh, you're back to two options again, aren't you? You can either do it through the, the fixed optimization because it's in the right place, or you do it through uh, a fixed, opt sorry, an optimizer with a, with a voltage controller sat next to it to control that voltage. Um, and again, by having that voltage control, you can reduce or consume more. So yeah, I, I, I think it is entirely right. The other point to make, of course, is that we're doing it. We're doing this on the low voltage side of the network. Um, a lot of your wind and um, uh, wind and solar farms are all on the transmission side or feed in on the transmission side, which actually don't help us downstream because of the variance that 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 that, that gives. Um, and we have seen uh, the UK voltage from again our two decades of being around is creeping up. And a lot of people think that's creeping up because obviously the generators or your, your green generators um, have to push the voltage up higher than the mains voltage to get the output in the first place. To break. get the output, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, put an optimizer at, at sort of the end of the, the pipe, if you like, and we've now got control of that. So it doesn't matter. They could keep pushing it up because we can optimize relative to their output downstream. So, yeah, it, sh it should entirely sit there. Optimise now. That's the message. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're doing it now. Mike, thank you so much. Mate. I really enjoyed this because I think it is, you know, I wanted to talk, we talk a lot about new technologies on this on this podcast and we talk about yeah. kind of what's coming, but I do think that this energy efficiency side is one thing I, I really wanted to address. So thank you very much for your time. No, it's been a really interesting conversation. Thank you. If you have an opinion on voltage optimization, maybe you've done it, maybe you, you're thinking what this could be, then drop us a line, get in touch. You can uh, do so on social media or email the show, nethero at futurenetzero.com. And remember to visit futurenetzero.com for all the news on things such as voltage optimization and new technologies to try and drive your carbon emissions down. Catch you next time. 
You've been listening to the Net Hero Podcast with Summit Bose from Future Net Zero. Visit our platform for all things Net Zero. And if you or your business is doing great things on the path to Net Zero and want to be featured on the podcast, email nethero at futurenetzero.com. Follow us on social media. futurenetzero.com. Better business, better planet.